Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Each night it's 40 and 12, not 30 and 10. I'm saying we keep asking the wrong question, man. Everybody keeps asking... You know, oh, I thought he was what, talking about what, what, Embiid, what will the Harden. Nets do to hold on to James Harden? I'm sitting over here asking myself, if I'm James Harden, do I want to be part of the Nets? Like, I'm looking at Philly, and I'm looking at how Joel Embiid is playing, and I'm looking at how my situation is panning out here. Not that you're saying any excuses at all, but between COVID, Kyrie Irving situation, KD and his future health with having an injury – there's a lot of questions that are happening in Brooklyn. Yeah, Key, he's got, look, he's fourth straight 30-point triple-double, or fourth of this season 30-point triple-double from James Harden. Um, but he's got to be frustrated. Kyrie's playing half the games. KD is hurt. I'm afraid, Key, Jay, we're never going to get to see the big three really play for an extended period of time. Well, I think you will. I think you will. Uh, what's that exp- extended period of time? It's going to be the playoffs. Um you know, so to speak. And when I, when you look at it, it's unfortunate that KD had to go down with an injury because somebody fell into his leg. Uh, it's frustration. James is frustrated. I know that for a fact. And when you are frustrated and you expect your team that, and you have high hopes and you want things to go in the right direction and you're carrying the load, and you're hitting 30 points and triple doubles, and you're just doing you, and you're not winning enough games, you feel like you out there all by yourself in the wilderness, and it's not a good feeling. Um, but I think, in you know, as they get into the playoff hunt and they get KD back healthy, and they you'll see them for a little bit of an extended period of time. And that may just only be on the road, but that's better than nothing. I'm trying to tell you all, and I, I said it, Last week, and a lot of people said, what the hell are you talking about, Jay? Teams should always go for home court advantage. I'm like, between where the Nets are right now and the sixth or the seventh seed, it's like a, a two-game separation. Two games. You think about the Heat, the Bulls, uh, the Nets, the Bucks, the Cavs, the 76ers. Like, they're all on top of each other. So this may work out to the Nets' advantage, what are the most games you could play in a seven-game series with Kyrie Irving on the floor? It's not to have home court advantage, but I'm willing to have the big three advantage on the road because that becomes a home court disadvantage for the other team. So I'm looking at the end of the schedule for the Nets. Um, it's a home game, home game, but then it's a, ro- a road game. Two, three. They got three in the last five games of road games. Guys, I think they need that and more as a runway, the th- big three together. If they have, let's say, half a dozen games together on the road, Jay, heading into the playoffs, but all three are available for road games in the playoffs, on, I believe they will win the NBA title this season, right? They will do that, it, but I think they need a little runway together. Not too much, but like they're so good it won't, they don't need half a season, but they can't play two games together 
I don't think, and then win the NBA title with one of their players not playing home games. Well, I mean, KD will be out uh, until probably All-Star break. He'll be back after that. Like, mm-hmm. He'll get his reps. You take your time with it. You'll still have Kyrie, you know, barring injury of this team. They're going to be right there at the end of the day. This is just all a lot of chaos. Can be the livest and, eighth seed ever. <laughs> yeah, and, and, but, but there's also drama surrounding the chaos, right? Because you do have pre-existing relationships that have been established between Daryl Morey and James Harden, between Michael Rubin, the owner of the Philadelphia 76ers, and James Harden that always give off the illusion of when things start to go wrong in Brooklyn, you know you know people on the other end who want him to be part of Philly, but like, look, there's always going to be that drama there in New York. There's always going to be something going on. Like that narrative is being sold, and that's something that James is going to have to weigh in his decision ultimately. Thibel next to you Harden know, compensates for the defense. Uh, there's a lot there, guys. No, it, it, it is a lot of gossip that's there. That's about all. Um, James is, you know, leaving that gossip open because he didn't sign an extension, and when you don't sign the extension, people start speculating because of close proximity and all of those sort of things, and they ask you questions in press conferences, and you don't – give them the answers that they want, or you give them the answers that is truly what you do, and everybody says, ah, he's just saying that, he's saying that. James is taking his time and chilling, worried about this season and this season only. There will be no trade for Ben Simmons to the Nets. There will be no going in free agency to the Sixers. There won't be any of that because James will be with Kyrie in KD from here on out. So, so then, Keith, my Nick. question, if that's going to be the case, why not sign the extension? Because you, what's the rush? Where's it going? But what, what do you if mean? I, if, can, if, I'm not going, if I'm not going anywhere, why not sign the extension? It, I could sign it today or I could sign it tomorrow. But what, if you're signing it tomorrow, you're leaving yourself room to think about whether I, you want to sign no, it tomorrow. Just, also, I'm to get hurt in, in the money. Right. We, we know what they, don't, don't try to hit me with the whole okie doke that I'm not in. It has nothing to do about being in a rush. If you're trying to tell me that somebody knows where they want to be, right, why are you waiting? You're Not waiting that, to see Jay. how things pan out. No, no, he ain't waiting to see how it pan out. He is a different cat in terms of money. He don't worry about that because he got plenty of it. So it ain't it ain't like stress level like me and you. Me and you, we going to sign it. What, what would the extension <laughs> right? be? <But, laughs> we going to sign it. What would the extension be? Because if by not signing it, you do risk the bag. You do risk it. And because – like you could easily work out a trade with Ben Simmons you, after you, the fact. You, you right? do risk. You do so, understand he risked the hundred million dollar extension when he was with the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. But his extension would have been four year extension worth two hundred twenty seven million dollars. With who? With the Brooklyn Nets. Right. Yeah, but that ain't quarter going billion nowhere. on the line. Well, that's no. What you say? Hey, listen, guys, you want to hear the? But that's the James, not going nowhere. You want to no hear James. his back and but, forth but, but, with the so reporter? Why matter? Why, why are you taking that? Why are you taking that time to continue to assess? Why are you chilling? Because I'm worried about the season. Oh, come on, man. Key. I'm just we, telling we, you. No, no, no. I'm we live in this world. I hear, I hear you. I hear where you're going. But I, I'm going I'm to I'm push back. We live in a world where we act like, hey, I can't do my job right now and worry about my daughter being sick and not making it to school. <laughs> hey, I can't do my job and be on TV and have a contract endorsement in front of me and say, I can't sign that because I'm focused on doing my – get the hell out of here. J- James, we can multitask and James, do multiple things at the same time. James didn't sign his extension yet because he's playing basketball and worried about playing basketball. Oh it ain't going nowhere. <sighs> it's not go- – it's, it's just like – when KD left Golden State and got hurt, he's going to get his money. So here is James Harden 
uh, on the reports about him, talking to a reporter. Listen. There's some reports out today that's, that suggest that you might not be happy in Brooklyn or with the rotations that are happening. I'm just wondering, A, if you can speak reports to Reports from who? Uh, All right, then. Um, Leach your report. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, instead of speaking to the reports, can you just talk about your experience living in Brooklyn? What do you mean? The, the report suggested that you were unhappy. You're talking about reports. I don't, I don't know about reports. Did you guys hear from me? That's, like, that's what I'm asking. All right, so I don't, I don't know about the reports. <laughs> do you enjoy New York City? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't believe you. <laughs> you know, it doesn't yeah. sound like someone who's having a like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But would somebody he, he, tell you, would somebody tell you that they ain't said nothing, that ain't, what, what are you talking about? How you gonna, how you gonna go against that? If he's saying well, it's me and you ain't here for me, so how you gonna, no, he said that's but then the reporter said that's why I'm asking. I take it for, he's I take it for face you, value. He's telling you that that ain't the case. Well, I, I take it for face Maybe. value. That doesn't bother me at all. But obviously, he ain't happy. Look, with Keith, the when I, I, I'm from New York, right? Love it in New York. When I moved to LA, loved it in LA. If someone would have asked me, Max, how you like in LA? Psh, love LA. That's not how he sounded. You know what I'm saying? He just didn't sound like that dude. That doesn't mean anything. Uh-huh. I'm from LA. I'm from LA and live in New York. Doesn't like, mean that I love you like New, New York. York. You like New York, Key? It's okay. See? Okay. That's what he sounded <laughs> it's like. It's okay. Key, you exactly. like LA? You don't like it. It's Key, fine. You like you know, I, mean, I, I didn't say it. I didn't like it. You may not love it. I Key, said it's You may okay. not love it. You don't do you love like it like you love LA. Key, do you like LA? It's okay. <laughs> you like yeah, it. Get, get out of here. Get the hell out of here, boy. <laughs> hey, that's why you be doing the show. You got the toes out. It's hey, it's 60 degrees today. How's that snow going on? It's cold. Come on, man. See? So here is James Harden on his frustrations with the team this season. Listen, listen, I don't know about any reports. Of course, I'm frustrated because, you know, we're not healthy. You know, we're, it's, it's a lot of inconsistency for whatever reason. Injuries, COVID, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's frustrating. I think everybody in this organization is frustrated because we are better than what our record is and we should be, you know, on the way up. So that's all it is. I don't mean, I don't know about reports. If you didn't hear from me, like, I don't, I don't, I don't talk to nobody. I have an agent. <laughs> like, you know, if you don't hear from me, then it's reports. So, um, you know, just I'm I'm frustrated because I want to win, and I'm a, I'm a competitor. It's pretty simple. I think that's straight facts. I think it, you know, look, it's very similar to how we heard Jerry Jones talk the other day, where he was like, whether it's COVID, whether it's injuries, <laughs> look, I want to win, man. I'm I'm here to win now, and obviously that plays into it. I, I I think how this team and how he navigates this next month and a half. I think it's critical because New York media is not going to let up on him. You think you think he gets asked questions about whether he likes New York before? I mean, think about it now. It, it's that's going to be the subject you're going to ask every single day to him. How's your experience in New York? How's your experience in New York? How's your experience with this team? I mean, he's going to have to weather that storm. Yeah, when you when you talk about frustration, he laid it out for everybody right yes. there. You're supposed to be frustrated when it di- it's not going the way. You envisioned it to go when you signed on with injuries and then Kyrie's situation. They didn't envision a pandemic. They didn't envision a pandemic sitting around for as long as it was and vaccines and not vaccines. They never envisioned that, but doesn't mean that he's leaving. That doesn't mean that he's leaving. It's not what it means. It just means that I wish my teammates was here so we really could put this thing together and we haven't had an opportunity to do so. 
if the Nets make the playoffs, that will be a hot ticket. I think that's an understatement. Hot ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seats Rewards is your ticket to more tickets. Vivid Seats Lights Life Happens Live. Graz, there is breaking news out of New Orleans. Sean Payton, the Saints head coach, is, is, has told the team he's stepping away, that he's going to step down. But he has his eye on another job, and more than likely, it's probably the job here with the Cowboys. Sean's been around Jerry. He coached. He was our offensive yep. coordinator. So he knows how Jerry operates. He has a house in Dallas that it just kind of makes sense. We have Roman Harper with us now, SEC Network, former Saints defensive back, of course, joining us. Thanks for jumping on with us, Roman, this morning. Hey, man, appreciate you guys having me. Uh, Sean kind of pulling out the retirement trick out of nowhere kind of threw everybody yesterday. I was scrambling. I had meetings, and my phone was lighting up left and right because everybody just wanted to know something. Hey, you are a Super Bowl champion. You know something about – Sean Payton, how how surprised were you with the news of uh, Coach stepping down? In all honesty, not surprised. Um, I knew something was going to shake in the next couple of days, just talking to my group chat, just knowing people and everybody over there with the organization, everything, former teammates and friends. And uh, so I wasn't very shocked. I, I thought that, you know, if he didn't come back, he was either going to – I didn't think he was going to go coach anywhere else. That was not on the, the list. But I knew, you know, it's been 15, 16 years, you know. Nature runs its course, especially in the NFL. It's draining. It's tiring. The full grind of it. Keyshawn can talk about it. And it's like that with any athlete, and especially with the coaches, how much time they spend at that place. And understandably, like, I've seen Sean's kids grow up, and I don't think Sean has completely seen his kids grow up. That's how much time he spent away from them. And, uh, and because I know him so personally, I know his family so well, I just get it, and I understand it. It's all love. Why not leave on top, right? Well, some people think that this is one of Sean's best coaching jobs that he's ever done, being able to pull off a season where they had they were set up to go to the playoffs just that the Rams did not beat the 49ers, or the Saints would have been right in that same position. Roman, um, there's no question about Sean's legacy clearly in New Orleans. The fact that he was able to, to bring the city – a Super Bowl. At the time, I know what it meant to the Super to to New Orleans dealing with the Hurricane Katrina and everything. Mm-hmm. But what does it mean now that he is no longer the head coach? Well, it, it's almost like Highlander, right? There can only be one, and that is us, uh, because we were able to win a Super Bowl in a city where they said it could never happen, right? Like after however many years, nobody ever thought the Saints would win a Super Bowl, and you know what we did. And since they've gotten close, but then they, they, you know, they were never able to get over that hump, especially having a Hall of Fame quarterback like Drew Brees. And once your organization moves on from Drew Brees, when is the next chance that you're going to not only be able to get a great quarterback, but also a chance to win another Super Bowl? And they didn't reach that. So at this point, it, it makes my team legendary. We continue to just ride out into the sun every year that they do not win it. It seems like we get more and more free drinks. We come back in town. So – me, personally, I'm kind of cool with it right now, riding it out. But we're going to see what's going to happen, and there's no telling. Uh, it, it means the most. But now Sean leaving, it's all about the next regime coming in and, and really seeing how much change really happens. Or do they continue to promote with inside? You know, you have Dennis Allen there. You also have Pete Carmichael as the offensive coordinator. It's already been established, been there forever. So it's a lot of pieces that are already established, and this organization is still ready to go and win right now. 
Uh, Sean is a huge part of that because he sets the tone. He's an amazing play caller and, and cherished as one of those, as one of the greatest head coaches, mindset, and just, but the organization will still go on because that's what they all do. Roman Harper joining us, SEC Network, former Saints DB, two-time Pro Bowler on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Roman, how would you describe the type of coach Sean Payton is? Uh, it, you know, it, this is the one thing I love about Sean and playing for Sean was that I never felt like I was an underdog in any game. That's like, I, I never felt that we weren't going to win a game going into it because the way he talked about all week, the game planning that we were going to institute, the way we had to go about winning each and an individual game and keynotes in football, you know, every game has ebbs and flows. It has its ups and downs. But if you have a clear cut game plan, exactly how it's going to go, where Sean is the offensive coordinator, he's not talking about scoring 40 points a game. He's talking about, hey, a punt is a good thing this week. No turnovers. We've got to be able to take advantage of red zone scoring opportunities. Defense, we need you to do X, Y, Z this week to put us in opportunities. We're going to need you guys to lean on you this week. Or offensively, oh, I got a great game plan. I'm confident. I just need the defense to hold him under 20-something, right? Boom. And, like, so that was the one thing that I loved and appreciated about Sean. Maybe it's cocky, but I, I just never felt like we were underdog. And some of the things, like, that he has done before, like when he brought in a break, like he brought in stacks of money one time just to say, like, this is the difference between winning and going, winning in the playoffs, talking about playoff bonuses, and what you lose by only going to the first round. So any coach that gets to that much to be able to do that in front of the players in the team meeting room, I love that dude for life. Like, that's just how he rolls. That's such a big thing to say. Key, I'm wondering, as I'm hearing that, that you never felt like what a thing for a coach to instill in a team, that you never feel like the underdog in any game. Key, was that your experience in the NFL? Like, did you ever coach have a coach where it was like, I, I, we, I never feel like the underdog in this game? Well, pretty much all, all my coaches felt that way, except – Richie Kotite, the first coach I ever had. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, money speaks for themselves. We felt like that type of team. Roman, who's the next coach in the, of the New Orleans Saints? Oh, I, I mean, Dennis Allen is an easy fill-in. Uh, you also got – I just think this organization is so tight, right? Uh, from Miss Benson to Mickey to everybody that has all been in place for 10, 12, 15 years, right? They just – I think they're going to keep it within and because they understand and trust each other so much that, you know, Sean, we're going to miss Sean and you can't replace Sean, but man, Pete Carmichael's already called plays before. I think it's going to be Dennis Allen or Aaron Glenn. I think they'll probably reach out and kick the tires on Aaron Glenn a little bit as well. But DA's already done that. They, they beat, you know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is obviously nothing new uh, since Tom Brady's been there. They've had a great record against them this year when Dennis Allen was the head coach subbing in for Sean, who had COVID at the time. Roman, how, how likely is it through all the chaos that's gone down this year with the Cowboys that after a gap year we could see Sean Payton coaching the Cowboys? Now, so so that's the biggest question because I, I've had all my Cowboy friends been hitting me up since the beginning of the week, including my barber. That's like a diehard, right? And we all know Cowboys fans. You can put them all in one category. They're all the same. So – <laughs> I I appreciated it. I, I think it is a possibility because we all know Jerry, right? It's all about Jerry Jones. But then Deshaun Payton, the legacy that he has built for 15, 16 plus years, the winning and all the things that he's been able to do at New Orleans, does he throw that away? Because it will be a sense of a throwing it away if you all of a sudden go to Dallas 
a year or two later, which, look, it's America. You can do whatever you want. I'm still going to love the dude to death. And he probably may do that, but he needs to wait a couple years because are you going to throw everything that you've been able to build, all the success that you've had in New Orleans, and you had a great record versus the Dallas Cowboys, and all of a sudden you go to Dallas and you don't win in four years, and now you allow Jerry Jones to step in and possibly fire you for the second time. It's not the first time they've let you go. So it's a lot of ego. and We all know how big egos are inside of the NFL locker room, especially upstairs in NFL organizations. They all think that it's about them so often than not when it comes to winning and losing. And when you lose, it's nobody's fault. It's nobody. But when, it, when you win, it's everybody's, you know, everybody takes credit for that. So uh, that would be on Sean. Is he, is he really ready to risk, you know, his legacy that way? But there's no better place to do it in Dallas, and everybody knows that as well. Roman Harper, SEC Network, former Saints defensive back and Super Bowl champion, just told us that when Sean Payton was his coach, he never once felt like an underdog. That's, that's being prepared and inspired. Thank you, Roman. Appreciate you jumping on with us this morning. Hey, man, appreciate you guys. Man, you guys do a great job, so thanks, man. Appreciate thanks, Roman. Come on appreciate the talk show. It's good. All right, brother. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. Up next, why this coach hiring cycle is one of the most important in recent memory. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, mm. J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, mm. Sirius XM Channel 80. Mm. We're on the ESPN app. Tell your smart speakers, play ESPN or download the podcast. We are joined now by Troy Vincent, Executive Vice President of Football Operations for the NFL. Mr. Vincent, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Good morning, Max. How you, how you fellas doing this morning? Morning, Troy. Morning. A, um, in, in light of the way the Bills and the Chiefs game ended, the Bills never getting the football in overtime, what conversations have there been about changing the OT rule? Whenever something like that happens, of course, that becomes a conversation. What's been going on recently? Would you just see, Max, just a lot of what you always do if you're on the other end of it. You know, the people don't like it. Obviously, it was an exciting game. The overtime rules are something that's discussed at the competition committee level Every year, every off season, and as a former defender, quite frankly, 
you know, my personal opinion, personal attitude towards this is special teams make a play. Defense, you got to hold them to a minimum of a field goal if I want our quarterback to get hit the field. Um, we love, I love the sudden death, the sudden death, that aspect of our game. So, you know, you hear a lot of, you know, just the fans, rightfully so. Um, it was an exciting game, and the way it was going back and forth, stop them at the end of the day or end the game in, in, in true regulation. Fair enough. Troy, hey, man, when you look around the league, and clearly you've been a part of the National Football League for Lord knows how long, both as a player and, a, and an executive at the NFLPA as well as inside the NFL, how concerned are you that there's – you look at it was only three black head coaches. Now there's only one. Two was relieved of their duties. But yet and still, we've yet to really identify – any more major candidates or hire anybody up until this point that happened to be black. I'm not even going to say African-American because, you know, minority, black, we've yet to really identify any as hired at this moment. Well, it's concerning. It was, and, and still troubling, uh, Key. You know, we, we start the first, I uh, would put it in football terms, the first two weeks, man, we down 24 points in, in the first quarter. And what do I mean by that? You go into the game, you're down Cully, that's a touchdown. You're down Brian Flores, that's a touchdown. You hire Bob McAdoo, and you know as a uh, that's a I consider that a, as a coordinator, a, a field goal. And then you know Joe's hiring the Giants, so that's a touchdown. That's 24 points going into the to the, the second quarter. It's concerning because of the efforts that have been put in to. To, to promote, I mean, to eliminate bias key, to promote trust and develop skills and provide opportunities for all. And I, I, if I can, let me just shape it up why this is so important. Our game is viewed, the viewers see, three, the eyeballs of our game are viewed through the head coach, the quarterback, and the white hat, the ref. That's where the viewers spend most of the time. We lack representation, and in particular, the head. We're going to be measured by what we do in the head coaching ranks, and we've made some progress. Last night, the with uh, with the signing of Ryan Poles, hey, great. That is progress, um, but we still are. It's an uphill battle. Um, there's there's some things that are still concerning. Again, we still got another half a foot uh, a half left to play, so it's not over yet. Um, so it, it's it is troubling, Key. And, and, and if I could, I just representation matters. And I wasn't asked this question, but I think it's important. As I Ryan, as he takes the realm, last year we saw Brad Holmes, Martin Mayhew, and Terry Fontenot. It allows you a seat at the table because you always hear we need a seat at the table. Like to okay, you have a seat at the table. Now you have to ask yourself, are you, you a chair or are you an armless chair? And then, quite frankly, you have to challenge yourself because we're going to measure everyone. Are you okay with being the only one in the room? Because when we have these opportunities, primary, your focus is number one priority is to build a winning roster. But then yet, 
we all have a responsibility and expectations that you will present at minimum, you will present opportunities for some of these young men like Byron Letwich, like Eric Bieniemy, like Jim Caldwell, like Brian Flores, Leslie Frazier, Aaron Glenn, Jared Mayo. Like you, if you're not going to present these opportunities and when you're in a seat, that's a problem. And Todd Bowles and Vance Joseph, D'Amico Ryans, Raheem Morris, these men are, are, have been superior at what they've done. Creative, the term is not used, being a genius, the great clock managers, but yet they lack opportunities. So uh, I just want to just share that as, as things progress. Um, but we all play a role in this, Key. Yeah. Troy Vincent, NFL Executive Vice President of Football Operations, Walter Payton, NFL Man of the Year in 2002, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Troy, I want to revisit one of those names you just mentioned in Eric Bieniemy. How upset will you be if he does not get hired this coaching cycle? It's it's troubling, uh, Jay. When in, it, upset is probably not a proper term. I just think that we're all still looking for the answer, and it has not been answered yet. We're just looking. I've used this term purposely, grace, to be extended. We're still looking. When I say we, black coaches in particular, and many others outside of that that circle, we are still looking for that grace to be afforded to Coach enemy That has been afforded to Brad Childress, Pat Shermer, Doug Peterson, and Matt Nagy. All shared the same role as Coach B. None have had the success. He's going to a fourth straight championship game. Calls plays, shares the play calling duties with Coach. We're still looking for that grace to be extended. And some of these men I mentioned to you, and I love them. One of them was my former teammate, coach with them, was on the staff with them. Brad Childress have two opportunities to coach. Pat Shermer, two opportunities to be a head coach. Doug Peterson, the Super Bowl champion. Matt Nagy at least had the opportunity in Chicago. People are still wondering why. Troy Vincent, executive vice president of football operations for the NFL, just said a whole lot. <clears throat> Where does the camera go in the NFL? What's the, what is the story? It's the story of the quarterback and the head coach. That's the drama that plays on TV. Those were always white faces. And finally, you have a league where, because it is meritocratic on the field, finally, there are black quarterbacks, and many of them. However, ask yourself, why for so long were the owners desperate to not have the black quarterbacks? Desperate to not have black quarterbacks. Now it's a reality of life, and now we've, there's one Af- African-American, two maybe African-American head coaches Troy, I think uh, you said a lot, a lot to chew on there, and we appreciate you coming on the show this morning. Thanks for having me, Jay. All right, Matt, Troy, I get it. appreciate you all. Okay. Thanks, thanks, Thank man. you. Appreciate it, brother. All right, we got to react to what Troy just said coming up. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around. Different stressors, I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, Troy Vincent, executive VP of football for the NFL, was just on with us. And, guys, he said a whole lot. The thing that really grabbed my attention, and I've said it before, you know how the NBA is perceived as a black league, Jay, like African-American league? Mm-hmm. NFL, I, I always had the feeling, Key, was trying to avoid that for the purposes of marketing especially. Why else would, would these owners, back then all white billionaires and even today, why would the owners be so desperate to not let, for example, Warren Moon play quarterback? He had to leave the NFL, right? Because the camera goes to the coach and the quarterback. That's the story of the game. And they see white faces. So even if the league is 70-plus percent African-American, it's not perceived that way. Eventually now, the league has a lot of African-American quarterbacks. And as that happens, we notice, wait, what happened? There used to be more black coaches than there are now. Troy Vincent touched on that. He also used Eric Bieniemy as an example of an African-American coach not being afforded, a coordinator not being afforded the same opportunity as some of his white counterparts. Listen. Black coaches in particular and many others outside of that that circle, we are still looking for that grace to be afforded to Coach enemy That has been afforded to Brad Childress, Pat Shermer, Doug Peterson, and Matt Nagy. All shared the same role as Coach B. None have had the success. He's going to a fourth straight championship game. Calls plays, shares the play call and duties with coach. We're still looking for that grace to be extended. Grace. You know why grace has to be extended, Key? Because it's all white owners. I mean, that's that's really where you got to extend well, it, grace. It, it's, it's white owners. One my, minority owner, Shark Khan in Jacksonville. But we've had this conversation many times over, not only on our show, but other platforms across ESPN and other places that we've been interviewed. I wrote a book this past September that I released called The Forgotten First. And it dives into the history of four African-American players that were reintegrated back into the NFL in 1946, most notable Kenny Washington from UCLA to the to the Rams in Los Angeles. 
And in that book, there's a lot of different things that describe how we are and where we are today. When you don't hire people of color in these billionaire corporations and organizations and at the table, at the front line, bosses, it's very difficult for minorities to get hired when there's nobody that looks like them in the room. And we go through this all the time. And when you don't have presidents of teams, general managers of teams, head of college and pro scouting of the teams, it's very difficult because most people identify with people that look like them that they're comfortable with. And if they never step outside their comfort zone, they never give anybody else an opportunity. Even here at ESPN, even here at this network. And so when you start to empower people that look like the people that you want to hire, those people will start to get hired and be able to do the job. And that's where it starts at. John Lynch can get a job right off the field or out of the booth with no problem at all. And he's successful in San Francisco in doing that. That same opportunity is not afforded to black athletes that want to come out of the booth or leave the field to go be general managers. It becomes a, "Eh, well, because they don't look like the owners. They're at the comfort level. Panning the sideline, like you said, to the white coach, the white quarterback. So it's the reality of it. It's the reality of it. And you look at Eric Bieniemy, like Troy said, the guy's going to four AFC championship games, two Super Bowls. I had to scratch my head as either primary play caller in some of those games or co-play caller in some of those games. Even to the point where you hear people that call the games still can't get out of their minds that Andy Reid may not be calling the plays. Oh, that was a great play call by Andy Reid. Andy Reid didn't call that play. Eric Bieniemy called that play. But they're going to stay saying, Andy Reid, Andy Reid, Andy Reid. That's just what it is. You know, Kia, uh, my friends are all different races. Um, they're all part of the human race. But, you know, obviously being black, white, Latino, Asian, whatever it may be. Right, growing up in New Jersey, we always called ourselves the UN. And a lot of my friends who are you know, Fortune 500 executives who are Caucasian, we've had a lot of these conversations over the last several years. And two in particular of two massive companies, I'm talking about companies that are anywhere between the, the 4 to $5 billion range, um, have said to me that, you know, Jay, I hire for diversity purposes, but I hire with intent. I go into the hiring pool saying, I am going to hire somebody who is Asian, who is African-American, who is Latino, and still is going to be the best at their job, but I'm going into it with the intent. And I think a lot of people get uncomfortable with that because they try to throw it back in the face. Well, just hire the best person. Well, you can hire the best person also with intent. They both can coexist together. And I think you, we need to start seeing that more in the NFL, where there is 
a premeditated mindset that goes into the high. And I'm not talking about the Rooney rule, just bringing somebody on board, but actually making it a thing where it's like, I'm going into this saying, this is who I'm, I'm going to hire a person that looks like this. I'm going to find the best candidate, but it, it's time to start pushing that agenda. And that's okay for that agenda to be pushed considering where we came from. It's not remedying everything, but it's okay to go into something with intent. And it takes a strong person, especially if you're a Caucasian or white, to do that. There's, there's you a know, lot. I would have yeah. loved, and this goes not only for black men, minority men, but it also goes for women. And I would have loved to have been coached by a female. I would have been, because I think, People that know football, know football. It ain't got nothing to do with you, whether because my mother and my sister, you ain't met her yet, Jay. But when you meet her, she gonna tell you more about you than you know about yourself. Mm. Real talk. Mm-hmm. I had sometimes had to tell her, Sandra, don't just come on now. Them people listening, what you talking about, girl? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know how to you know how to exactly get. exactly. And so it's okay, like you said, Jay. To look at things different. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, if you look around and you notice there are no women in a job, there are no African-Americans in a job, et cetera, et cetera, forget about some kind of sense of not affirmative action, but in your view, Jay, making a concerted effort to hot. Just ask yourself, broadly in a population, if you have for all intents and purposes, excluded, in the case of women, half the population. In the case of African Americans, an enormous percentage of the population. Are you sure your organization is functioning optimally? Uh, clearly not, If the, unless you believe that only the white guys have won the jobs. Which, and if you, Unless you believe that, then what you know is your organization isn't functioning as well as it could because you've excluded Human resources, human capital, most of the population. It's bad business on top of everything else. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Much more KJM coming right up. ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.